Welcome to the Sense of Soul podcast. We are your hosts, Shannon and Mandy. Grab your coffee, open your mind, heart, and soul. It's time to awaken. Today, we have the honor of having with us Mark Germain Kolak. He has been a spiritual guide for over 40 years, an author and a life coach whose mission on this planet is to liberate souls from ego bondage and rise up to take their rightful place in the emerging new world, helping others to be happy, healthy, and live more peaceful and fulfilling lives. Mark devotes himself to spiritual study, prayer, channeling, fasting, meditation, yoga, and service to others. He's here with us to share his wisdom and how he impacted thousands of people worldwide through his concierge holistic life coaching which is a program he developed over a 40-year period of serving as a guide to those who are seeking deeper fulfillment. He is also the founder of Modern Mystics Academy, where he helps others come home to their hearts. We are so excited to have Mark with us today, and he has the most amazing chakra picture behind him. I love it. Thank you. Behind me, within me, it's all over the place. You just can't get away from these things. <laughs> nice to meet you, ladies. Thank you so much for having me on board today. Oh, no. Thank you for taking time to talk to us. You know, Shanna and I always tell our guests, we feel so lucky. Like we are students uh, weekly when we get to talk to guests like you and we just get to learn more and more. And so we are very grateful. Awesome. I love your show. I've listened to a lot of your the things that you've done so far and you guys are great. What you're doing is great. Who you are is great. What you're doing with your lives is great. Your families, your communities. It's just really, really awesome. So I'm very well, thank Yeah, thank you. It's a lot of fun. We're happy to be talking about all this stuff with someone who seems like has a lot of experience. <laughs> well, that's true. I do. And anyone <laughs> that I can be of service. You guys live, by the way. Colorado. Oh, okay. Okay. Great state. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Where are you at? Uh, I'm in Naples, Florida. You've been all over in beautiful places, Hawaii and gosh, you like the water then, huh? I'm definitely a tropical baby. No question about it. Um, You know, growing up in New York, freezing my ass off, uh, it didn't take long to figure out that was not where it was that I wanted to be. So first warm place I I moved was to Arizona. That's hot. Yeah, that's hot. I lived in Sedona for most of the time, which is up in the mountains. Mm -hmm. So it's a little bit cooler. Yeah. Such a great place, so spiritual there. Well, I lived in an ashram there, a spiritual ashram, spiritual community for almost four years. But the thing about Sedona, that before the white man came, it was the sacred meditation grounds for the Hopi Indian. And the Hopis live a little bit further northeast of there uh, on three mesas, which are these plateaus that kind of rise up out of the desert, that the remnants of old uh, glaciers that came through that part of the world like millions of years ago. And that's what formed a lot of the rocks and the different formations and stuff like that. And so they use that place to go and do their, uh, you know, their soul searching, their soul gathering, their meditations, their retreats and all that sort of thing. And then white man came and put a post office up and said, well, it's ours now. So uh, that was kind of the end of that. And But energetically, of course, it still remains the same as it mm-hmm. was, you know, from that time. And of course, the Hopi are the remnants or the descendants rather of the ancient Atlanteans who migrated from Atlantis to South America before the fall of Atlantis some 12,000 years ago. And gradually, the Native Americans, as we know them today, made their way up through, you know, the Incas, the Aztecs, the Mayans. They might kept migrating north, migrating north, and then came to, to North America. And the Hopi, and the word Hopi in, in Hopi language means peace. So they were like the peaceful warriors. And so it's a very cool, it's a very cool uh, lineage, if you will. And the yeah. end is up there. And they're now like really tracking people's DNA to kind of almost prove these connections. Yeah, I don't know much about that, but I would. Yeah. No, I'm fascinated by that kind of stuff. And I actually just recently was, well, because I have some Basque in me. And so I was doing some, I've been on this ancestral journey for a long time. And it just amazes me because the DNA is now proving a lot of these things are are going so far back. And then there's a connection to Native Americans, which I found was unbelievable i think they said they were proving with dna 
that the Native Americans, some of them were having the same DNA strands as people from Ireland. Cool. Wow. Yeah. And and all that was going back to Atlantean is what they were, was what this whole thing was that I was watching and listening to. So what, what you just said was like, whoa, I was like, really? Wow. We're all connected. Bottom line. Bottom line. Yeah, we're all brothers and sisters in the light. I mean, the earth has That's been right. inhabited by extraterrestrial forces. And, and we're all, in a sense, all the different races, red, orange, yellow, black, brown, white. These are all descendants of different extraterrestrial races that left their DNA. Oh my God, you're so our people. <laughs> yeah. Everything is coming to the light and all these hidden things, you know, that we're talking about now that have been well hidden, uh, maybe intentionally to keep us uh, ignorance to these things because you know in the model that I sort of come from is that we are currently on a threshold of earthing a new earth and regardless of what the external conditions appear to look like isn't because evil is extra strong and it's dominating everything it's because evil is having its last throes of control over the planet and yeah. after millennia uh, the forces of light through radiating energies and love energies and goddess energies and divine feminine energies into the earth for thousands of years and sort of intensifying through the 60s and the hippies and uh, continuing to move up. These were the great incarnations of the goddess of love who showed up as millions of people in the baby boomers simultaneously in order to switch the value structure of the earth from material to spiritual. And although spiritual reality wasn't realized, you know, because I grew up in the 60s back in those days, wasn't realized, but it's been grounded into the earth so that you guys who are from a whole other generation are picking up on it. And to you, it's like, oh, this is kind of normal. You know, where for us, we were the real, you know, had hair down to here with feathers in it and stuff like that. People thought I was totally insane, which of course I was, but you had to be. (laughs) (laughs) And then that inspired Shannon and I to really start reaching out to these younger generations because through our children, especially our boys um, who are in their twenties, these, these, they're just so awake. These younger generations are so much more awake and open. Yeah. They're less conditioned. They don't want to be in a box, which I think they're the first generation to really be that way. So there's no structure. So they're a little like, Oh, well, what do we do? And so you could see this in the different generations. If you can definitely see like Dolores Cannon had spoke about, you know, the waves of these different star seeds. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, certainly with, the, with each generation. I have a daughter who's almost 30 now and uh, she's definitely an indigo child, you know, back in her day. And the blessing is, is that the plan to save the earth, if you will, or take it back from the hands of the shadow, which was hatched hundreds of thousands of years ago, and it's taken this long to get it to the place where it's actually, uh, the time has come, you know, through the end by 2012 and the end of the Mayan calendar and the end of the world as we knew it and all that sort of stuff. But the plan was a twofold plan and it was designed by, you familiar with the Ascended Masters like St. Germain and those guys? (laughs) Oh boy, I don't know if we're going to just have an hour with you today. Yes, definitely want to share my story of how I know St. Germain. Oh, good. Oh, good. Well, beautiful. He's back there on my altar. I don't know if you can see him hiding. Really? Do tell, please. Yeah. It got to the point when, you know, the feminine aspect of infinite intelligence source basically said, okay, I've had it up to the 12th chakra with this. And uh, (laughs) (laughs) we, we need to reclaim, we need to reclaim the earth back for the light and for love. And so you guys, meaning the Ascended Masters, uh, need to come up with a plan that we can activate, claim the earth back in all the children of light. Because, you know, she's like, you know, a mother with her brew and, and these forces are, who have enslaved uh, the children of light or humanity for millennia basically uh, had come to the end of their rope. And they were given the opportunity to change and they won't change. So then things are going to have to change around them. Bottom line, the plan that was hatched by St. Germain, who's kind of like the leader of, of the new world, the new earth, through his different incarnations, of course, but just in general, he's kind of like the, the Aquarian figure, if you will, the violet yeah. flame and violet lavender and the transmuting flame and bringing those energies into the earth to transform all lower frequencies into higher vibrational frequencies of divine love and light. So the plan was twofold. One was to start incarnating. This is, goes back to what you're talking about, about your kids and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. First part of the plan was to start incarnating beings who are higher quality beings that had very little karma, 
left, just a little bit, just enough to develop compassion in this incarnation. But otherwise, we're pretty well fully realized masters from like 50,000 years in the future who signed up, basically, who volunteered to come back to Earth when they didn't really have to, collect a little bit more karma just so that they can, again, have these experiences of compassion to wake up what's going on. And through our realization and through your children's realizations and awakenings, these beings then, because they're not burdened with all this karma and stuff, have the ability to just say no to things like materialism in the world and the craziness and the slavery and the nine to five jobs and the medical profession, yeah. the things, not anything wrong with medical professions. My daughter's in medical school. My father's a doctor. My brother's a doctor. My grandfather's a doctor. So here you go. Mandy and I are just two suburban moms literally sometimes sitting in our closets to talk about this stuff because we have received these things right and we're just like holy shit people need to know this you know yeah it doesn't matter if you are living in an ashram or if you're living you know in an indigenous culture or if you are a doctor or if you're a teacher or wherever you are we're all receiving the same and so putting it all together what you just said I've received the exact thing in many different ways throughout, you know, the years. I wish it would have all came at once. And why does that happen? Why do we just get these little breadcrumbs? Yeah. The reason why we get breadcrumbs basically is because you wouldn't, an you might think so, but an individual really isn't ready to receive everything like that at once. Because when you think about it, we still are in a third dimensional material world. Mm -hmm. And so there are other, there are other forces at play. And the same thing as well as we have to integrate, we have to integrate things. And also they use it as like a carrot before the horse because it's so easy. It's like, oh, you like that? Okay, yeah. Give a little more, but you got to go back into your closet a few more times and then maybe we'll show up with a little bit more and you go, okay, okay, you got me, you got me, you got me. And then we're like yeah. along and sort of moving forward. But, but ultimately I think uh, I, uh, realistically it's because of integration. Like we have to be able to integrate this information. And the soul yeah. is the one, you have to remember one thing, that the soul is the one that's always regulating your reality. You may think that you're being victimized by the external world. You might think that whatever we might think or humans might think in general, but the soul is always in control. I love that. The soul is in control. And even though it might not look like that or feel like that, if you understand and believe that, then you understand that everything that always happens is always for your highest good, regardless of what it is. And nothing can happen that's not for our highest good, because ultimately we need to awaken from the slumber of this material world stupor and hypnosis that's been going on and awaken into our, our higher chakras, into the A heart. brainwash. And yeah, totally. It's kind of like little eyedroppers and it's kind of drip fed, drip fed, drip fed. And the other thing is, is that only the ego could really say, why isn't this happening fast enough? Now, I want to yeah. know. Yeah. Okay, St. Germain is mysterious to me. When Shanna and I first came across St. Germain, we could not find a whole lot out there to kind of validify exactly St. Germain's place and the history of St. Germain. Why is that? You're looking in the wrong place. I did not seek him. I did not. I had no idea who the heck this person was. And it just kept coming, kept coming. It was like I was forced to know him. Ah. That's a very beautiful thing because St. Germain and all the ascended masters who are beings who have reached enlightenment at some point in one of their incarnations, sometimes thousands, sometimes actually millions of years ago. And when we reach that place in, our, in, a, in, in an incarnation, in, in a life, we then are free from the, you know, the karma, the wheel of karma and reincarnation and stuff like that. So then you get to volunteer where you want to go in the universe, in the multi-universe and decide where you want to go, where you want to serve. So the Ascended Masters have chosen to hang around our planet because of this time, because this isn't just a planetary awakening. This is like an upgrade for the entire omniverse, like infinite intelligence is upgrading itself. Because at some point in the past, how it is that belligerent uh, you know, warlike DNA could have evolved within the species or different species so that we could have the situation of dominance and evil that we have now. I think God and goddess were sitting around one day over a glass of red wine going, honey, this is not working for me anymore. You know, <laughs> how did this happen? So the thing was, is that we need to change it so that we need to kind of like weed that out of the possibility. A lot of people say, oh, you have to have light in order to have dark. Well, you do 
only in a certain dimension, but in another dimension, it's all light. And that's all there is, is light. So we're working in that, in that way. So the ascended masters return to earth, then if you will, to help energetically. Because getting back to that two part plan, the first part plan was to incarnate all these beings like your kids, my kids, who were gonna expand the earth. The second plan was to download like funnels, like waterfalls of goddess love, infinite love energy into the earth and over time, and I was talking to a friend of mine the other day and I'm telling her about how, what it's like. It's like, if you had a pitcher, a pitcher, you know, a pitcher, like you put the lemonade in and at the bottom of it, you had like ink in the bottom of the pitcher and you wanted to make it run clear. So you have a garden hose and you put the garden hose into the pitcher and then it starts to fill up and it's blue, 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 blue. And then you keep the garden hose in there and then it runs over and it keeps running and it runs lighter and lighter and lighter and lighter and lighter until finally the garden hose has washed out all that blue ink from the pitcher that you have. And then it's running clear, running clear, running clear. Well, that's what this light coming into the planet is doing. It's bringing up everything unlike itself for healing. And everything unlike itself means our shadows. So that means that for me as a spiritual coach, for example, things are coming up for people like we were confused and we don't know who we are and we don't know how to be assertive and we don't know how to heal ourselves and we get sad or anxious or depressed for no apparent reason. And sometimes it's us and sometimes it's other people. And then we can't deal with, uh, with, with our families and we can't deal with our lovers and we can't deal with work and all these different things. These are the things that are coming up because it's, that's that infinite spirit that's part of that divine plan that I talked about that St. Germain designed for this love to come into the planet and to purify, balance, cleanse, align, harmonize, and detox everything according to the earth chakras within your chakras and your chakras and my chakra system as is behind. All that up, all that up, all that up. We've lived in the lower chakras long enough and look what it's got us. Turn on the news. You can see what that's about. So we need to raise that energy up in the violet flame of St. Germain, of course, is about the transmuting flame to you have the mighty I am presence to transmute that energy and raise that energy up from the lower chakras into the higher chakras, stabilize in the heart, do meditations there, and then lift the energy into the throat, which is our self-expression, and, and, then the, and then the third eye, and then the crown chakra. And then when we're living from these four chakras, enough people are using the heart, not just to pump blood, but to be a, an organ of perception so that we see light through our heart, so that we hear from our heart. Oh, so that we act. oh I know. I'm like, I, I have to clap. You just raised my vibration like by 5,000. Like that was freaking amazing. You, oh my God, that was powerful. So I have not been able to share my St. Germain story. I would love to share. So I know I have St. Germain's in my tree, one lineage, and I was watching a very poor made movie on Netflix called Dinner with the Alchemist. And I don't even know how I got there. And the only reason is, is Alchemist kind of caught my eye because I love Alchemist, the book. And the main character, it was about Marie Laveau, who is in my trait, you know, voodoo queen, um, Marie Laveau. So I'm watching it and the main, the other main character is this guy comes into town and he is an alchemist and he's very mysterious. And all of a sudden people are accusing him of being a, a vampire. Look him up on Google. And I come across Jacques Saint-Germain who lived there. And he was known as the vampire of New Orleans. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to bed. This is a stupid movie, you know, whatever. I go to bed, I have about 10 more minutes of an episode to edit. And it was an episode with Susan Plunkett, who is a Jungian psychologist who wrote three books channeled through Palladians. And at the end of the episode, I just have 10 minutes to do. First thing she says, I mean, not even a minute into it. I asked her, did they tell you any specific places they were from? And she said, well, one had said, they were from the violet planet ruled by Saint Germain. I said, what? This is the same, like within like 10 minutes of turning off the TV, I'm like, right. what's going on? Who is Saint Germain? Right. So I, I knew I had him in my tree, the Saint Germain lineage. I get online. I don't have him as a grandfather, but off on the side as a sibling, there was the shock Saint Germain. I don't know if it's the same one. It, it does like say, 
there was a story I read on Ancestry that some said he would also tell people he was a descendant of Comte St. Germain. I don't know. So I decided because I have the synchronicity I always follow. I said, obviously, St. Germain's reaching to me. I'm going to do a meditation tonight, try to connect with him. I think there was a lot in my dream that I don't remember. I wake up in the morning. I see this orb of like, almost like a bubble, like a real bubble, but it had this little violet color about it. I can see my alarm clock straight through this bubble, kind of adjust my eyes. It's gone. You know, I just see the, my clock. Then I do some research, find out these would represent Age of Aquarius. This was all like the second, third week of December during the conjunction time and all that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No stone unturned. Certainly. I have a book back there that I want to get and just show you something. Can I just get up and grab it? Yeah, please. You're not familiar with this book, The Seven Sacred Flames? No. Yeah. If you want to learn about who St. Germain really is. Yeah. And who the Ascended Masters are then this is the book that you want to, that you want to get. Okay, I'm going to get it today. Yeah, and you can find it online. It's, it's, sometimes it's, it goes in and out of print sort of thing, but um, I'll just show you real quick, since I've got the book here, you know, what you're discussing is the different incarnations of some of these masters, but these beings are, they're not people, they're, they're energy fields. Wow. They are. They're, they're like stars. They're like energy fields. And they have the ability to incarnate as hundreds of people at the same time. It's not like, it's not like surprise. Like, Whoa, who the hell are you? It's not like. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> are we met? It's not a possession. No, no. It's not no. like that at all. It's like, it's right. everything. Everything is by agreement. Okay. Before we incarnate, if we volunteer, you know, if you're, if you're both of you are masters from 50,000 years in the future, and you've decided to come back and help earth because you have a heart string, because you've been here before. And so when you're standing up there in front of the karmic board and they're interviewing people, you know, it's like when you go into the supermarket and you take that little ticket at the deli and you wait online yeah. to, to get your, you know, chopped liver or whatever you're buying. It's like that, but a little different, obviously. So you get your little ticket and you're standing there and then goddess goes, okay, so who's next? And you go, okay, yeah. I am, you know, Mandy, Shay, good. Come on, ladies. Okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to incarnate down there. Okay, fine. And this is what it's going to be like. But you have to learn a few things. One, you're going to incarnate into a war zone. Two, you're not going to remember who you are. Three, you have, you're going to collect a little karma along the way. So four, you need to choose your parents. So then you have to like go, oh, let's see. I'll choose the two most dysfunctional people I can possibly find. <laughs> And I'll incarnate into their body, into their, as their child. <laughs> so we go through this little process, right? And then the masters come over and like St. Germain and, and, and the others in this book, which is the seven rays and each ray, red, orange, yellow, green, blue, purple, violet, or the colors of the rainbow is the first initiation of light that comes from the great central sun, which is in the center of the universe into our earth through these seven rays of light. And this is through which the creator beams uh, information to us, you know, like from science and math and psychology and all these different things, poetry and art all comes through rays of light into our field and through our field, it comes into our brain. So these things don't come out of our, um, out of our bodies or out of our minds or out of our ego. They come from our field and the better our antenna through prayer and meditation, like any yogi, good yogi would tell you, then you have your antenna. Remember uh, my favorite, yeah. margin, your favorite, your antennas then are a little bit bigger and then you can tap into the field and you can download this information. So you're up there, you're about to incarnate. St. Germain comes, says, I want to overshadow you and I want to overshadow you. Overshadow doesn't mean that he or it, this energy field is incarnating as you. But right. what it means is, is that it's going to send an orb to live with, in, around, and through you that is that violet flame, which is the seventh ray. And then it is going to be a field that has direct communication with the source of that particular energy field, which in this case, we have come to know as the master Saint Germain. So that means in your life, then you'll be connected with him or with it or with that energy field, equally, if not more important with the mission. And the mission of course is the birth of the new world and spreading the light and not getting taken down 
physically, mentally, emotionally, or spiritual by current external conditions, but rather understanding, like I explained before, that everything that's going on in the world is actually that blue ink running out and it's got to run out. So we don't get attached to trying to change the world or rather to change the world back to the way it was or fix the world. What we do is we just create a new world. You're so authentic with your words and with your passion and your purpose that it, it also creates this sense of demand, like demand, like, come on, hop on board. This, these gifts and these treasures are being offered to you now. Come with me, let's do this. Got me like ready to jump up today and do my part in this. Oh, beautiful. What you do as a coach is all the things that you said that are happening to people who are awakening right? Who chose this? This is difficult. You're here to help people get through that so that they can start shedding those things so they can start getting really truly to this light. Yeah. In, in a nutshell, that's well said, really. They, they call me a, like a, a transform systems engineer. So oh. it's like I transmute or transform people's systems into a higher system, into a higher vibrational frequency. So the energy that comes through me that St. Germain and the masters and my own higher self, you know, God self bring through me. It's just like, you know, just like you were saying a minute ago, oh, you know, I talked and then you felt this energy and you felt this increase in energy. You felt this vibrational frequency. Well, that's it. And that's where the healing is. The healing is in a sense, you know, being lifted out of our ego's perceptions of, of the lower world, because as long as we're locked into that, then in a sense, that's where all illness comes from on some level is disconnect from our true identity, right? Mm -hmm. So what we want to do is we want to align people. What I do as a coach is help people align them with their soul, basically how to awaken their heart and live from their soul. Because once the heart's awakened and we know we've all been hurt, we all have pain. There's not one human. If, you, if you're on this planet, that's happened to you. So it's not a question of if, it's a question of when it happens again, how are you going to manage it more successfully? So I teach principles, practices, and perspectives. So the principles are these divine principles that we're talking about, about the possibility that we're the dweller on the threshold between two parallel worlds, a higher world and a lower world. They exist concurrently with one another. And we're right in the middle. And we have two operating systems, one for each world. We have an ego to operate in the lower world, which is necessary. So you, you drive your car on the road and not into a tree or you don't lop your fingers off, you know, cutting carrots for salad. And then you also have a higher operating system, which is your soul. So the bottom line is, is that most people don't know the difference between the two. So we've got these two voices in our heads, you know, on our shoulder. Basically what they are, are the soul or the ego. So as, as a yogi, as a meditation, as a coach, awakening the heart helps people to be able to forgive. Because forgiveness is the main part of awakening the heart, really, just between you and I, between us, <laughs> forgiveness of self, first and foremost, and not mm -hmm. judging ourselves every time we fuck up. That's the key towards awakening the heart. And through that forgiveness of self and others, then we learn not to judge. And then through that, of course, or I don't know what the order is, probably, but gratitude. So between the gratitude, the forgiveness and enthusiasm or excitement for possibility, those are the three main energies that humans really wanna work with. Gratitude for everything, forgiveness of everyone and everything, and then enthusiasm and excitement for the possibilities because excitement, just like the excitement that we experience right now for a moment in our conversation so that you feel when you learn something about St. Germain or people are attracted to enthusiasm. They're attracted to, because that energy is a high vibration. Unfortunately, some people abuse that energy. There's lots of people, car salesmen can be very excitable and they can send you, sell you something that just doesn't work. And it's unfortunate, but enthusiasm as an energy is important when it's aligned with the heart. So that's the real teachings in a sense of through the principles. And then once you learn the spiritual principles through, through, through coaching, you have to readjust your thinking in order to adopt a new life based on these principles, which are different than Newtonian time and space because they're quantum time and space or beyond time and space principles. So once you get the principles in your life, then you have to adjust your mind and your consciousness and change your beliefs. Like the world is bad, everything is hard. I never get what I want. Things are a struggle, things never go my way. These are our subconscious, right, our beliefs which drive our unconscious behaviors, which then drive our upset, our inability to create, our inability to be creative, or worse, you know, our anxiety, our depression, or our physical 
disease. It's all those low-lying subconscious uh, perspectives, ways of thinking about ourselves, others in the world around us. So once you get the principles, you have to shift your perspectives to then understand that everything that happens, for example, happens for a reason. It's all perfect, exactly how it is. You have to connect more with your heart and learn these sort of perspectives where you switch. Oh, wait, everything's in abundance. Everything is not really, I'm not a victim. I'm responsible. Okay, that's a big one. So you start to shift how you think about things. But in order to do those two things, to integrate those principles and perspectives in your body, you need practices. And that's where I mean, as a yogi, of course, we do yoga as a practice, but there's lots of little practices, you know, yoga and meditation, where we practice things like having a thought and then changing that thought. I mean, that's so simple in a sense. You have a thought about something like, oh, I, like for me, I had, I had an illness a long time ago. It was within my neck. And it was like, oh, the doctor said, oh, here's your diagnosis. You have a degenerative disc in your cervical spine. So that's my diagnosis, you know degenerative disc, cervical spine. So then my ego goes, holy crap, you are so screwed right now. You're going to like live in a wheelchair. You're going to have a brace around your neck and you're going to be doing all these things. And then I thought, well, wait a minute, who are you? And why are you talking to me? And is there another point of view? So then it's like, okay, heart, what do you have to say about this diagnosis? Diagnosis is neutral, right? Our thoughts oftentimes are neutral. The events, oh, my boyfriend left me. Oh, this, oh, that, I lost my job. Those are neutral things. But then you've got two perspectives. You've got your ego's point of view, and then you have your what? Your soul, your, your heart's point of view. Yeah, your higher mind point of view. And in a sense, everything that we think that's a diagnosis, and then we go, or, or, or a statement of fact in the world, as we know it, and then we go right away to ego's point of view about that thing. And then we live in that, and we live our life, and we create... Uh, behaviors, right, and take actions based on our ego's uh, interpretation of a neutral event. And then that generates more unintended outcomes in our lives. And when people have lots of unintended outcomes in their lives, that's when they come for coaching. Wow. So can you tell our listeners what your change in perspective and what your soul did for your degenerative neck disc? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so at that time, that was, that was quite a while ago. And at that time, they wanted to operate and go into the front of my neck and fuse my vertebrae together. And of course, I was a dancer and a yogi. So I would have like walked around like, you know, a Muppet for the rest of my life. I wasn't quite ready, ready for that. So the diagnosis is what it was. The lower mind said, you're really screwed. You're going to be in a wheelchair. You're going to have to have a brace around your neck and you're going to be on pain medication your whole life. And then my heart said, you're going to heal yourself as best you can and wind up teaching others how to do it through the principles I'm going to show you. And that's what my heart told me. You can do this. Don't, don't do the operation. Don't do anything. So I said, okay, let's do that. Let's do that higher thing. As soon as I made that connection, the next day, like I met somebody, it was actually somebody in the dance company uh, who had, whose lover was a yoga teacher. So I started doing that. And then I did some other systems like Alexander work and Feldenkrais movement and different things like that. And through the process, about 12 months later, I was re-diagnosed as never having had a degenerative disc in my cervical spine. So through prayer, meditation, some yoga, still movement, visualization, guided uh, meditation, guided imagery, uh, raw food, fasting, and all that sort of stuff, it changed, phys physiologically changed in my body. I mean, I still get pains in my neck now because that was a long time ago and I've been very, very active and different things happen. But the major problem in my neck was really taken care of like at that time. But the more important thing or equally as important in a sense, there was a medical miracle because the doctor looked at the x-ray and said, oh my God, whose x-rays are these? You know, because this isn't the same x-ray that, that, that I saw, you know, a year ago. This is impossible. The neck doesn't grow. The bones don't grow. The, the discs don't grow. So it taught me that if I can create a medical miracle in my life, then what else can I do? Especially on the physical. On the right. physical. Right, which, yeah. is the most, which is the most difficult to get what we call a demonstration, to get a demonstration in the material world of something from a higher realm perspective. That's always the hardest thing to do. But, and or, so, so what that taught me was, was that there's a whole other world of possibilities, a whole other world of points of view and perspectives and teachings that they didn't teach me in high school. <laughs> so I need to go out and learn this stuff on my own. So that's when I went to Europe and I lived there for a number of years. I got connected with St. Germain there. I lived on the Boulevard de Saint-Germain in Paris, right across the street from the L'Eglise, the church of St. Germain. And I would have visitations. I would go across the street in the middle of the night because it was open 24 hours and I would meditate in this big stained glass window of St. Germain with these violet flames all around it and stuff like that. I didn't know who this guy was. I didn't yeah. know 
I didn't know anything about any of this stuff, you know, but I did then. And then when I got back to the States, I moved to Sedona. Like you said, like the guidance that you get, something shows up and then all of a sudden something else and through the divine, what we call divine synchronicity. Through a series of events, I was invited to go to Arizona. I went there and then, and then I was there. I met my spiritual teacher who's no longer on the earth right now, but I lived in that ashram there for a number of years. I lived with the Hopi for a while. I watched them dance with rattlesnakes in their mouths to make it rain. I learned all these incredible things through divine synchronicity. So now my personal experience in life is, is that back to that parallel world model that I shared a minute ago, we can live in that higher world regardless of, of external conditions down here in, in this lower world. And this is a state of consciousness. And you get there through your beliefs, you know, through your values, through your perspectives, through the principles that you live on and through the practices that you do until finally you have like this little breakthrough where you just like pop through and it's like, oh my God. Yeah, and it can't be undone. Right, no, exactly. <laughs> yeah, like Einstein said, you can't learn less. Yeah, because sometimes I wish I would have. Make me not be able to yeah, see the pain and feel, you know, everything. Because I just want to shake people. Right, well, I totally understand that. And I think that we want to do to the world what we want to or need to do for ourselves. And so we're not here to change the world, like I said before. Uh, and it's not our responsibility. So chill. Yeah. What our responsibility is, is to heal our own pain and look at our own shadow. And that's what it is that we do in coaching when that comes up. And those lies that we were told that we believed about ourselves, about our unworthiness. And that's the stem or the root of all our, of our whole shadow is being bad, wrong, stupid, unloved, unlovable, incapable, inadequate, not good enough, unimportant, unseen, unheard, and a variety of other things. To the extent that we get that all of those are lies because we are light. Yeah. And so those things cannot be true about us. They can be true about our personality. It can be true about our ego but they can't be true about us. So we have to, we don't have an unworthiness problem. We have an identity crisis. We think we're our ego. And in that state, well, you're always gonna be a little unworthy and you know, you're, it's, you're on your own. But when you connect with your divine identity through prayer and meditation, through the practices and your heart expands, then you realize that you are light and as light, you can't be unworthy because to say that you're unworthy is to say that God's unworthy. You were speaking my language. That saved my life. I mean, that, that was something that someone said to me sitting in a rehab when I was fighting the dark energy of addiction. And they said to me, do you believe your God is forgiving? And I said, yes. And they said, well, then if, if you don't forgive yourself, then you're saying you're bigger than God. Beautiful. I love it. And it was in that moment that I was able to um, free myself from defining myself from my past. And and able to create that spark of self-forgiveness and self-love. And I've been sober since. Right on, sister. Yeah, so, I mean, so powerful. Now, now let me ask you something. In the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous, they talk a lot about how when um, you're in there getting, getting you know, straight with your higher power and when you're keeping your side of the street clean, that the dark energy or some will say the devil, whatever is doing push-ups. Um, I have found that to be maybe a little true. I feel like sometimes when I'm super connected to my, my divine self, the external world it really starts challenging me even more. What, what does one do? Yeah, are there dark forces that we're dealing with here? Yes, definitely. Yeah, definitely. I, I think we... we too naive of us to think otherwise. And yet at the same time, there, there is transcendence. There is a place where you almost become invisible to those forces. Because mm -hmm. we know that those forces, or you've heard those forces, you know, can't live in light. They don't know love. And so they had to create fear in order to sustain themselves. Whereas we live on love to sustain us. So they had to, in a sense, create like fear is just like a creation of, of the shadow. It doesn't exist. 
like in the beginning, you know, there was light, there was love, there was God, and all was good. It didn't say good, and sometimes there's some fear. It's like, that's just the way it is. So in the original creation, there's only light, and there's only love. And when or as we reach that place, we become, in a sense, invisible and invincible to anything less than that because it can't stand in that in that light. So yes, I call it unfuckable. Yes, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. So when you think or feel or sense that that you know I'm under attack, something's occurring, things aren't working. Just reconnect. Just align. Align with your God self, your Christ self, or your inner self, your higher self, your authentic self, whatever you want to call it. Just make that inner alignment. Take a few deep breaths. Pull the Kundalini life force energy up from the lower chakras, from that Mulaban center, and just pull it up into your heart, throat, third eye. And then hold your breath for five seconds and squeeze your hands as tight as you can. And just chant to yourself, I am that I am, I am that I am, I am that I am. And really you know that um, something similar kind of brought me um, to that next place of my journey, and that was Archangel Michael. So he did the same thing as the Saint Germain, and I was like, I did not seek him either. <laughs> and and but he is my dude. You know, I mean, um, anytime I am afraid, I know that he's standing in front of me. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah, it just takes that kind of awareness. Like, you know, like what you were saying a minute ago was that, you know, what do I do? What do I do in situations like that? The, the thing to do is to not give it any energy, really. I mean, you know, we need to be vigilant. You don't want to, you know, test the spirit uh, in every occasion. Oh, I think I'll go out and play on the freeway just to see if I get hit or not. <laughs> I know that I'm good and God, I'm invisible. You say, no, you're stupid. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. So, so there's a certain level of vigilance. And in a sense, you know, the more tuned in we get, the more intuitively vigilant we become because we refine our receivers so that vibrationally we then know when so this isn't right. I can know yes. it vibrates a feeling. I don't know what it. So then you just stop and you do a quick self reflection. You do a self quick scan or something like that. And you go, okay, what's going on? Take a few deep breaths, see if you can tune into something. If you get something, fine. If you don't get something, fine. But then just do an alignment. Like I just did an alignment that I share with you that I do, but you can do your own alignment. But have a way, have a practice that you can do on demand mm -hmm. that's going to raise your energy up right into your heart and third eye as fast as you possibly can. Mm, and remembering that. like energy attracts like energy. Let's focus on that energy, you know, focusing on a higher energy. Yeah, don't give it any energy because by doing that, you're right. giving energy, you're giving it life. You don't want to you're give that. Feeding it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Some people are, well, I need to figure out what this dark thing is and where, why, and it's quick self-reflection. Yeah. I'm not feeling, I don't, I don't know why I'm feeling this yes. way. All I have to do is raise my vibration, raise my frequency, raise my energy into the higher realms, into the higher chakras, into the heart and beyond, and then realign with my God presence. That's what you need to do. Right. I have such a good visual of that. Whenever I'm approached with any kind of like negative energy coming at me, like coming at me almost like boulders. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Uh -uh. I am not dealing with this. This is not any energy that I want to give. So I just refuse it. That's what you need to do is refuse it. You know, in the Unity Church teachings, they make it simple. And if you're familiar with Unity teachings or New Thought teachings, very powerful stuff. Christian science, unity teachings, science of mind, uh, religious science. But anyway, the, the, the idea is affirmations and rejections. You affirm what you want and you reject what you don't want. And that's the way you go through life. You just make affirmations about things. You keep saying things, you know, I'm a being of love and light. I'm totally surrounded by love and light. I'm an expression of the goddess of love and light. I'm manifesting true good in my life at all times. And just you have these things always popping around in your mind because that shadow, like you said earlier, you know, doing push-ups, it's going to want to try to get in to a certain extent. So we keep the affirmations going and then we keep those refusals going on the other side. Just like you said, boulders, hell no. <laughs> is the ink that's coming out of that picture, is that our shadow self coming out? Just yes. to clarify. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it's in, it's interesting that recently I've realized 
these thoughts that I have created in my ego. Like, for example, I have somehow somewhere in my life correlated being assertive, putting up strong boundaries and eliminating toxic things or people out of my life as meaning I'm not being a, a good person. Um, so I'm working on that right now within myself. I need to use what you said. I love that. Let yourself feeling... with light. Yes. With light. That's what the water is, right, Mark? Yeah, that's, that's what the water is. And, and yet at the same time, you know, to be a little bit more specific with what you were saying, uh, Mandy, about this idea of any time that you felt like you were assertive, any time that you stood up for yourself and did what was good for you, that somehow you felt that was what? It felt like we're still it, it, it feels ugly to me. Like self-preservation feels ugly to me. Like it feels like I'm not unconditionally loving because it has to come off assertive. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, it makes total sense. So so ultimately you were made to feel bad and wrong because you took the time once in a while to stand up for yourself and you were probably told that don't you care about me? Don't you love me? How can you do this? On some level, love and that way of being kind of got interconnected or intermeshed together where you were made to feel bad and wrong on some level for standing up for yourself. And maybe it was a part of your family culture or something like that, where you just were designed or told to just be heard and not seen and just go along with the way things are. And we don't talk about those things. We don't bring those things up with each other and just go along and sort of just cooperate with what's going on. Did that happen to you as a kid? Yeah, we were the fine family. Ah, yeah. So let me ask you this, just to complete, we'll do a real quick healing on this. So well, what's, Mandy, so what's the feeling, if you will, that, that it leaves you that, that you're not good enough or that, what, what, what is it? Like I feel it right now, like right here in my rib cage, um, I cry, it feels heavy. It feels like, I don't, I just want to love everyone. And I don't want to feel like, um, this sounds so insane. It's so deep. Like, I feel like I don't even want to have to put up boundaries with people because I just want to hug them and love them. And, but they're, if they're toxic, I got to let them go. And that makes me feel like I'm being mean. And it makes me feel like I'm not worthy and I'm mean. Okay. So um, say that again, I am mean. I am mean. So just repeat after me, if you wouldn't mind. You ready? Hello, meanness. Hello, meanness. I love you. <laughs> I love you. You think you're so hot. You think you're so hot. You think by being mean that somehow I'm not loving. You think by being mean, somehow I'm not being loving. But I love you, meanness. But I love you, meanness. You're the meaniest meanie I've ever met. <laughs> You're the meaniest <laughs> meanie I've ever met. Go ahead, try to make me feel like shit. Go ahead, try to make me feel like shit. Try to make me feel like I can't love people. Try to make me feel like I can't love people. I know, it's just you looking for love. I know, it's just you looking for love. It's just you, meanie, looking for love. It's just you, meanie, looking for love. So mm. I love you. So I love you. So you might kick up a storm. So you might kick up a storm. But it's only because you want my attention. But it's only because you want my attention. Because really you're an expression of. Because really you're an expression of. My five-year-old inner Mandy. My five-year-old inner Mandy. And honey, I love you. And honey, I love you. So just imagine your five-year-old in front of you now in your mind's eye and just take her into your heart and give her a big hug. Whatever it is that she was experiencing back in the day that caused all these things to occur. And just take her in and just give her a good squeeze and a good hug. And then just breathe three times nice and slowly and deeply into your heart. Just allow that five-year-old to be completely integrated into your body, into your heart, into your mind, and into your soul. And then repeat after me, I got your back. I've got your back. 
I have you now. I have you now. You are safe. You are safe. You don't need to act out anymore. You don't need to act out anymore. Because I've got you. Because I've got you. I always loved you. I've always loved you. And I'm sorry it took me this long. And I'm sorry that it took me this long. To understand there were still parts of you. To understand there were still parts of you. That were unheard. That were unheard. And unseen. And unseen. And so I hug you now. And so I hug you now. And I love you now. And I love you now. And I kiss you now. And I kiss you now. And we are one now. And we are one now. And forever. And forever. Deep breath in. Let it out when you're ready. Just repeat after me. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And whatever it is that you want to say right now, or thinking, or feeling, want to say, go ahead and do that. Or just breathe. Oh, man. I want to say, I feel lighter. <laughs> uh, that was very powerful. Thank you. You're really welcome. Lighter's good. God, what a blessing you are, Mark. I mean, Mandy really needed that. I'm very emotional right now, too. She's my best friend. <laughs> I know. I get it. I totally get it. To, you know, get to this level of intimacy in less than an hour is pretty awesome. Well, thank you for standing before that court taking that ticket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're welcome. You're welcome. So, man, wow. what else? I'm just grateful. That was very powerful. And, you know, this is where my, my soul goes. Like, I just want to spread that to everyone, what you just did with me. Like, everyone, I want to share. I always want to share. When something really good happens, I want to share. People, that was just one small, what, couple minutes of my life and to connect with that younger Mandy for a moment and to and realize that that meanness was actually just something challenged me to bring out more love and to accept it like I felt acceptance I yes felt yes so the idea is not to resist those things when they come up the shadow is to be embraced not to be resisted not to be kept at arm's length not to be distracted from drugs and alcohol are a distraction from those things, right? They're a way that we keep ourselves separate from that gnawing little voice inside and we shroud it so we cover it up. We don't have to deal with it. Really, we want to embrace those things and say, hey, okay. So when we give up the resistance because the struggle is in the resistance to the thing that we really want to be feeling and allow ourselves to fully not just feel it, you could say, well, I've been feeling the same thing. I have a client. I've been feeling the same thing for 40 years. Like, man, that's not exactly what I'm getting to because it just goes around and around and around and around and around in the cycle. But when you integrate it, when you get it into your body and you stop the resistance and then our favorite L word, our favorite four letter word, you love it. It goes away. Because the only reason why it's there, it wants to be loved. Yeah. Everything in the universe wants to be loved everything in the universe is looking to be loved and so what we do what saint germain does is through that violet flame is that transmuting flame is that it transmutes anything unlike love back to love by doing what by loving it by being loved by expressing love so it's like a redemption we're like these cosmic vacuum cleaners and we suck up the energy from the people, the people in your, in your community, in your online community. We take that energy in and we transmute it into love. And every do that, every particle of our lives, every particle of everything else we bring love to. Oh, this is love, that's love. And you can say, oh, I don't like that. And yes, you have opinions, it's fine. You have the option to have things that you prefer, but don't separate it from God's creation. Don't separate it from love. You can still bring it in and say, I can still love that. I don't prefer it. I'm definitely not going to have it in my life. Thank you very much. But I'm not going to resist it. Because as soon as you resist it, then all of a sudden, there's not just one power. There's two powers. 
There's God, love, light, and that thing that you now gave power to. So you've created an idol in your life. Every time you resist something and we're unable to take it in, now we've created an idol and we worship that idol. We give our energy to that. We give our power to that idol. No, we want to love those things. Not like, oh, I love you. Come and kiss me, hug me. It's like, don't touch me, motherfucker. But (laughs) I love you. (laughs) Right? I'm not. Let's get real, shall we? But but I'm not separating you from God's love. There's only one power, one mind, one life, one love, one consciousness. God, the good, omnipotent, infinite spirit, infinite uh, holiness, uh, infinite beauty, goddess of love and light. There's only one power in the original creation. That's where we want to train ourselves to live. And what we're doing is training our our minds to live there. That's And it lives in within us, within each of us. It's already here. Already there. Mark, I think the best part about everything is that you actually teach this. Tell everybody about that. Yeah, yeah. So the Modern Mystics Academy, uh, they can find that online at themodernmysticsacademy.com. And more importantly, there's a way for you to connect with me personally because all you have to do is choose to do a call with me and when you get a, a, a half an hour, just a complimentary soul session where basically I ask you some questions and tell me what's going on in your life you know, what you want to attain, what you want to achieve, and why you think you can't, like what's stopping you kind of thing. And we'll just talk about that for a few minutes. And then I will definitely give you some value. I'll do a little bit of a healing or whatever it takes to help you right then and there in that short half an hour or whatever to help. And then if you choose to go on and actually do some one-on-one coaching with me, that's where it is that we really excel. And that's where it is that we really blast off because it's in, you know, and it can be just a one-time thing, or it can be, you know, programs, a one-month, three-month coaching session. It could be a whole year program, like a mentorship program. Those are the different programs, you know, that I have, and that I work with people. All I got to say is you better go hire yourself, like, 50 <laughs> secretaries and employees, because if our listeners uh, comprehend what just happened today on this podcast, your phone's about to blow the fuck up. <laughs> just <laughs> like me, I plan on calling him quick. <laughs> <laughs> you are amazing, Mark. Amazing. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, so, just another website too that they can go to to get a slightly different perspective is conciergelifecoach.com. So that's another aspect of my business, conciergelifecoach.com or themodernmysticsacademy.com. Either way, you can get on a call with me. Uh, tell me what's going on in your life. I can give you some insight. And then we, if you want to do some coaching, then we'll do some coaching and we'll get you to do everything wow. you said today, which was, you know. What are your books? You wrote three books. Is that right? Yeah, 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 yeah. The, the, yeah, the first one was called Soul Makeover, The Ten Understandings of Spiritual Awakening. The next one was called How to Heal Yourself of Anything. And the last one was called uh, 30 Days to Different which is a series of channel downloaded sort of messages over a 30 day period to transform anything in your life from the way it is to the way you want it. Wow. All right, well, I don't want this to come to an end, but unfortunately. And now it's time for break that shit down. So here's the thing guys, regardless of what's going on in the external world, you are love and you are love and that love is inside the idea is is to connect inside so do a practice a simple practice of breathing meditation yoga whatever you do try and do it daily and connect with your heart and awaken it and then live from your soul and the more of us that do that that's what's going to create the new world and if you need help doing that call me we'll talk and we'll work it out. So the bottom line is we're all okay, exactly how we are. And if you don't believe that, if you don't experience that, just know that on some level that's actually true. And then talk to yourself enough to find out how come you can't experience that. And then that's your path. It has been such a pleasure. I can't even, I, I, I seriously, I feel like you could definitely be like one of my best friends, Mandy. Um, <laughs> Don't you, what? It's amazing. I, everything oh. you're saying is just, sounds like home to me. So sweet. Yeah, I can understand your language in every way. Mm. 
lovely love it love it and the rooms of alcoholics anonymous that's always my go-to because it saved my life but they say that when you go to pick out a sponsor it's got to be someone that when they speak or when they're around you their energy it's what they have is what you want and what you have mark is is what i want you are that person oh my god that's so yeah. beautiful thank you so much yeah. really really yeah. beautiful reflection really take that to heart very much thank you thank you thank you yeah yeah I, I wish i could see you guys again you're in colorado i'm here but you know let's keep in touch i don't know how this works i don't think this is the end for us um, um no. we're not letting go of you sorry <laughs> look out we got your number <laughs> mark you have been amazing thank you for the time the love that you put into this today your authenticity your vulnerability the that moment of connecting with myself that you offered to me through your beautiful words. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you guys very much. And I look forward to the next time whenever that is. Be blessed. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Hey guys, love you. Bye. Thanks for being with us today. We hope you will come back next week. If you like what you hear, don't forget to rate, like, and subscribe. Thank you. We rise to lift you up. Thanks for listening.